The following message is brought to you by New Song Church and Pastor Joshua Blunt in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. For more information on New Song, visit us online at newsongpeople.com. Happy Easter, everyone. We're so glad that you're joining us today. And whether you're a part of what we call the New Song Church family or you're just tuning in and kind of found this video today, we're so glad that you're with us and celebrating Easter with us. If I haven't met you before, my name is Josh. I'm the pastor of New Song Church. And I want you to know that we have been praying for you. As a church, we've been praying for you that, that this Easter you would experience the love of God like maybe, maybe you've never experienced it before. And beyond that, really, this year, I want you to experience the power of God in your life like maybe never before. Because really, that's what Easter is, is about. It's about what God did to display the power he has over sin and death. And Easter is not just something that we, we learn about and we study, but it's actually something that you can experience. And so we pray that you experience that today. And I want you to know right up front this morning that God loves you and that God is for you and he has a plan for you. And he loves you so much that he was willing to send his son Jesus to demonstrate how much he wants to be a part of your life. In fact, the Bible says it like this in Romans chapter 5, verse 8. It says this, God demonstrates his own love to us. So this is how God demonstrated his love to us, that while we were still sinners, while we were far from God, it says, that's when Christ died for us. God loves you, and, and he doesn't just say he loves you, he actually demonstrated his love for you. He sent his son Jesus to come to this world and to die on the cross and to make a way so that he could have a connection with you. That's the kind of love God has for you. It's an unstoppable love. In fact, that's what I'm calling this message today, unstoppable love, because God's love for you is an unstoppable force. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter how far you've, you've gone from God. God loves you, and his love is, is for you. And so today, what I want to do is I want to look at the story of Easter with you. I want to kind of go back to it and, and study it a little bit so that you can see the unstoppable love and experience it in your your, in your own life. If you have your Bible, go ahead and open it up to Mark chapter 16. Maybe you got a Bible or a Bible app or, or something like that. Turn over, click over to Mark chapter 16. You know, the Easter message at, at its heart is a message that says that there is nothing that can stop God. Even, even something as bad as death, the, the final enemy of all humanity, could not stop God. You know, there's things, though, in life that can stop us from time to time. I, I can think of several things in my life that can put a stop to me, that can disrupt my life and, and stop me. For example, uh, one in particular is, is bugs that sting. Anybody relate to this this morning? If I ever see a bee or a wasp or a scorpion or something like that, it will, it will, dis, it will stop me. It will disrupt my life and stop me in my tracks. We do something in, in my family that's kind of interesting. To, to keep the conversation interesting at night, uh, we go through kind of three categories of questions with our kids every night. Uh, the first category of questions that we go through is what we call a peak and a pit. A peak and a pit. Here's what we do. We say, what was your peak and what was your pit of the day? And, and so the peak is kind of like your highlight of the day. You know, maybe you got an A on a test or maybe, you know, you made the game-winning shot on the playground that day. That's kind of your peak. And the pit 
it is like the low light of the day. Maybe you, maybe you scraped your knee on the playground or maybe somebody said something mean to you today. We, we talk about this so that we as parents can help our kids navigate the highs and the lows of life. The second thing that we talk about is what we call a salt light love moment. We ask our kids, what was your salt light love moment of the day? And this is where they talk about a moment in their day where they went above and beyond what's kind of normal, decent human being behavior to express the love of, of God to, to other people, to maybe serve someone else or do something kind of out of the norm to care for someone else around them. And then the last thing that we do is a thing called a dad fact, a dad fact. And so here's what a dad fact is. The kids bring a fact to dinner that they're hoping I don't already know. And if they actually share something that I don't know, they get a quarter. So my kids are, are looking every day to find something that they can share with me that I don't already know. So a couple weeks ago, uh, my son Gus came home and he had a dad fact for me. And he began to talk to me about this bug called the tarantula hawk. And I actually have a picture of one you can, you can check out here. As you can see by this picture, this thing ain't no joke. Like this is a, a wasp-like bug that actually exists in North America. Here's the scary thing, Oklahoma people. If you're an Okie, they've actually found these suckers in Oklahoma. So there is a chance you could come in contact with one of these babies. Um, but, but this thing, according to what's called the Schmidt Pain Index, which is a thing, this has the most painful sting in all of the bugs of North America. So my son was telling me, if this thing stings you, it will cause paralysis in you. It feels like it's like hot lava. In fact, they say it feels like a taser. You're being like tased. And, and it says the only thing you can really do is kind of lay there screaming for about five minutes until the pain goes away. In fact, this week, uh, I, I looked this up. There's actually a, a video on YouTube I found of a guy who willingly chooses to take a sting from this thing just to kind of show how bad it was. And it was horrifying. If I saw one of those, it is going to stop me in my tracks. It is going to disrupt my life. It probably won't just stop me. It'll probably send me running in the other direction. I will want no part of that. There are things that stop us. Just the other night, uh, I, I was mowing our, our lawn, and, and in our yard, we've, we kind of live out in the country, have about three acres at our house, and, and I came across this huge snake. In fact, I've got a video of this snake. Check this out. This is the, the snake that we found the other the night. It wasn't a dangerous snake, but man, it stopped us in our tracks. It stopped me from mowing. It stopped Sarah was getting dinner ready. We all stopped. We went out and we looked at it and we were wondering. And did you see that in the middle of that thing? It looks like it, it swallowed a mouse or something. But anyways, it stopped us. What, what's the kind of stuff that'll stop you? Maybe for you, maybe like you're, you're a person who doesn't like heights very much. If that's you, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to torture you here for just a minute. Check out this video of this guy. He's replacing a bulb on a, on a TV tower 1,500 feet in the air. Could you imagine being on that tower up there? I, I bet it took him, who knows how long it took him to climb that thing. And then it, it would take a lot, a lot of money to get me to do something like that. You know, there's, there's stuff that will stop us in our tracks. And, and here's the thing about the stuff that stops us. When stuff stops us, it has a tendency when we get stopped in life to feel like we're stuck. Have you ever noticed that? Like, you know, we're kind of, we, I think we can all relate to this right now with, with what's going on with the coronavirus and, and COVID-19, this whole thing that we're all dealing with. It's caused our life to kind of come to a screeching halt. 
You know, aspects of your life maybe have stopped. Maybe your job has stopped. Maybe for you, your finances have stopped. I I know, you know, it's Easter. This is like the Super Bowl of Sundays for the church world. Normally, this is the Sunday we have the most attendance, and yet I'm here preaching today in a room with just a few people in it. Parts of our life have, have, have been stopped, and when, we, when things start to stop, we start to feel stuck. I remember when this whole corona thing started, there were a few people, I remember them saying, well, this is going to kind of be nice, you know, I'll get to go home and kind of have a little bit of a staycation with my family. But the longer we stay stopped from doing some of our normals, the more we start to feel stuck. Have you noticed that? You feel kind of stuck in your home. You feel stuck not being able to do the, the things that you kind of care to do. I'm, I'm a person, I like to be out and about. I like to go to the movies. I like to, and so this, this whole thing is starting to cramp my, my style just a little bit. But beyond just what we're experiencing right now with coronavirus, maybe you felt stuck in your life for a while now. Now maybe you're a student and you feel stuck in your schooling, not really sure, you know, what's what's next for you in life. You just kind of feel like you're stuck. Maybe you feel stuck in in a relationship right now. Your relationship, at one point it was moving forward, but it feels like it's kind of stopped and you don't know what to do to get it moving forward again. It feels like it's kind of come to a to a stop, to a halt. Maybe you have a health situation where things just aren't progressing, they're not moving forward and you feel stuck in it. Or maybe you feel stuck in a career. Well, if that's you, whatever the case may be, I want you to know that the Easter story is a story for you because that, that first Easter, there were a lot of people that felt really, really stuck. There were a lot of people that it seemed like their whole world had come to a screeching halt you know, that first Easter, we, we come to it now and we, we celebrate. We sing songs about the victory that Jesus has accomplished. But that first Easter, that's not what they were doing. They weren't sitting outside the tomb, you know, singing songs about the victory and counting down till Jesus was going to walk out. Ten, nine, eight. No, no, no. They weren't doing that. There were a bunch of people that were confused. They were afraid. They felt stuck. In fact, the Bible tells us that the disciples, these are Jesus' closest followers, they were actually all hiding in a room with the doors locked and the windows drawn because, because Jesus had just died. The one that they thought was the Savior is, is gone, he's dead, and they, they think maybe we're next because of our association with him. Things had been stopped in their tracks and people felt very very afraid and very scared. And I want you to know today, if that's where you find yourself today, if you feel kind of stuck, if you feel afraid, if you're not sure about what the future holds, I want you to know this Easter story is a story for you because the resurrection of Jesus, that first Easter, it met people right where they were. And I believe that that's what God wants to do this year for you. He wants to meet you right where you are and he wants to minister freedom and power and show you his unstoppable love like maybe you've never seen it before. So I've got three things I want to I wanna show you. As I looked at the Easter story this week, there were three things that God kind of highlighted for me that I want to highlight for you that I believe are going to help you to grasp in a greater way the unstoppable love of God and see how it can be uh, a part of your life. Okay, here's the first thing you need to recognize in the Easter story. Because of Easter, life-giving relationship replaces lifeless rituals. Because of Easter... Life-giving relationship can replace lifeless rituals. Mark chapter 16, I told you to turn there. Let me catch you up real quick. Jesus has died and he's been placed in a tomb and there's some ladies and they're going to the tomb to actually prepare Jesus for, for burial. Look at this, Luke, 
or I'm sorry, Mark 16, verse 1 says this. Saturday evening, when the Sabbath ended, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Salome, went out to purchase and purchase burial spices so they could anoint Jesus' body. Very early on Sunday morning, just at sunrise, they went to the tomb. Okay, so it's early on the third day. Now what happened was Jesus died on a Friday and the Sabbath had begun on Friday evening. So that night they they weren't able to prepare his body properly for burial. So he was just placed in the tomb. He was wrapped up, placed in the tomb and then they rolled the big stone in front of it because they didn't want anyone stealing his body and pretending like he had been raised from the dead. And so these ladies are now going to the tomb and they're going to to now, because the Sabbath is over, prepare his body. Do all the things that they do with a dead body to prepare it for burial. Okay, so here's what I want you to see. These women, they were, they were going to perform a ritual. They were going to have a, an encounter or a connection with God, but in their view, God was, was dead and lifeless. And so they're going to have a, an, an encounter. They're going to perform a ritual, but here's what God wanted to do. God wanted them to be a part of a miracle. He wanted them to experience a miracle. And I want you to know today that because of Easter, we can experience that same kind of miracle. Because of Easter, we can have an encounter, not with a, not with a lifeless uh, ritual, but we can have an encounter with a life-giving God. You know, before Easter, people didn't have that. Before Easter, it was all about ritual and, and routine. And, and in order for someone to have a connection with God, they had to do everything just right. There was all these regulations and rules that they had to follow. And they had to do it all in this perfect sequential order. And only certain people could go and, and, and be in, have an encounter with God. And if you didn't do everything just right, then, then you would actually be rejected by God. But now... Because Jesus is alive, because of Easter, now anyone can have an encounter with God. We can individually connect with God and we can individually have a relationship with God. But the sad thing that that I see is that far too often people continue to live with this lifeless connection with God. People just seem to kind of go through the routine of God. You know, they, 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 they go to church because that's what we should do and And they try to kind of live a life where you're just trying to do a little bit more good than bad to kind of balance the scales in your direction so that maybe your life can be be pleasing with God. And, and, And what we expect of God is nothing more than just hopefully he'll be happy with the way I'm living my life. And I see a lot of people living this way. And I want you to know if that's the way you're living, that's not what Jesus died on the cross for you to have. That's called religion. That's what we call that here at New Song Church. Going through the rituals, but it being void of life. That's, that's exactly what those ladies were doing. They were going to the tomb, but they weren't going to have an encounter with God. They were going to perform a ritual with, with, with a God who was no longer there, with a God. They were going to do dead works is really what they were wanting to do. And, and that's what so many of us continue to do. We continue to operate thinking that we have to, to live that way. It's religion. And I want you to know this morning that Jesus didn't die on the cross so you could have that. Jesus didn't go to the cross and die for your sins so you could have a religion. He died on the cross so that you could have a relationship with him. 
That's why here at New Song Church, we talk about knowing God. We want you to step into a real relationship where you can connect with God, where you can have a real relationship with him, where you walk with him and you talk with him. You know, that's what relationships are. When you're in a real relationship with someone, you spend time with them and you talk to them and they talk to you and, and, and you go through the highs and lows of life with them. That's what God wants to have with you. And now because of Jesus, that's exactly what you can have. God wants to be with you. And because of Easter, life-giving relationships can replace lifeless rituals. Maybe today you found this, this broadcast and you're watching it and it's kind of, you know, just the routine for you. It's, it's Easter and so this is what we do. We, we go to church and since we can't go to church this year, this is what we're doing. We're watching an online broadcast. But I want you to know, if you just showed up out of ritual, out of routine, I want you to know God wants more for you than that. I believe God wants to perform a miracle in your life. God wants to connect with you in a mighty, mighty way. So don't, don't settle for religion. Pursue relationship. Because of Easter, you can have that. Because of Easter, life-giving relationship can replace lifeless rituals. Here's the second thing I want you to see that, that God showed me this week. Because of Easter, impossible obstacles can be rolled away. Because of Easter, impossible obstacles can be rolled away. Okay, so back to the story. The ladies are walking towards the tomb to go perform this ritual. And as they're going there, it kind of hits them. There, there's a problem. And so they mention this problem in verse 3, Mark 16, verse 3. They ask, who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance of the tomb? So these ladies recognize that they have a problem. And it is a big problem. It is a 3,000 pound stone problem that is in their way. That they, they don't have the ability in their own strength to deal with. You know, we all face problems in life. We all come up against obstacles from time to time that in our own strength, it just seems like we can't roll them out of the way. Maybe for you, it's, it's an addiction or it's some kind of habit that, that you've said over and over again, I'm going to stop that. I'm, gonna, I'm never going to do that again. And yet you continue to keep struggling and you continue to find that obstacle just cannot be rolled out of the way uh, of your life. Maybe for you, you, there's some kind of relational conflict that you can't seem to deal with. Maybe for you, it's depression. Maybe for you, it's anger. Whatever it may be, there's something in your life and it feels too big and you've tried to deal with it yourself, but it just seems like in, in all of your strength, you don't have have the ability to roll it out of the way. Well, I want you to know today, if, if you're facing an obstacle that feels like it's too big for you, I have good news for you. Because of Easter, those big obstacles, those impossible obstacles can be rolled out of the way. In fact, the good news for you this Easter is the power released to roll those out of the, out of the way has already been released. Jesus already made a way. In fact, that's, that's what happens in this story. These girls are fretting about this problem. What they don't realize is God already rolled that problem out of the way. Look at this verse four, Mark 16, verse four. It says, as they arrived, they looked up and saw that the stone, which was very large. In other words, it's saying it was a big problem, but look at this, it had already been rolled aside. The big obstacle that they thought was gonna keep them from what they were wanting to do, from what they were wanting to accomplish, God had already dealt with it. And I want you to know this morning, this Easter Sunday, that the power of God to remove every obstacle from your life that stands in between you and your destiny has already been released through Jesus Christ. All you have to do is come to God. 
and connect with him and step into relationship with him and walk with him and become a child of God. And then what happens is everything that God has becomes everything that you have. And everything that God has is more than enough to deal with any problem, any obstacle that you may be dealing with in your life. Your association with God empowers you to see God work in your life to remove the obstacles. It's kind of like this. Have you, have you ever uh, been around somebody and your association with them kind of positioned you to receive some benefits and blessings that maybe you had never really you know, accomplished in yourself? I can relate to this really well. I have a dad who has been traveling pretty extensively since the early 80s. And because he travels so much, he gets to receive some benefits and advantages and upgrades and things like that when he travels that I don't normally get to experience on my own. My dad's been flying American Airlines since the early 80s. He's logged millions of miles with them. So when he flies with American, they'll upgrade him to first class if there's seats that are available. He can, he can get in on flights earlier than other people. He, he's got all these advantages. He, he drives Hertz rental cars a lot. So when he goes to pick up his car, a lot of times they'll upgrade his car to a nicer car. Sometimes they'll just send him free cars that he gets to have. He gets to g- jump in line above every other person. And so here's what happens. When I travel with my dad, <laughs> all those upgrades and benefits that he has, when I'm with him, I get to experience them too. In fact, I'll never forget uh, years ago, I was in high school and I had gone on a trip with my dad and we were flying back and we were in DFW airport and we were kind of waiting for our plane to fly us back to Tulsa where I was living at the time. And so we're waiting in the, in the waiting area there and I looked over and I saw, <laughs> I saw my ex-girlfriend and her family. And apparently they had traveled somewhere and they were flying home and now they were going to be on the same flight that we were on flying home. And so, you know, it's kind of awkward. Like, I'm, uh, you know, it didn't end well. Like most high school relationships, they don't end well. And I wasn't, I wasn't very tactful at that point in my life. And so I'm standing over there kind of pretending like I don't see her. She's standing over there pretending like she doesn't see me. And it's during this time that my dad walks up and he says, well, I got some good news for you. They upgraded us to first class. In my mind, in that moment, the hallelujah chorus was in full crescendo. Like I was so pumped. A few minutes later, they called for the first class passengers to go ahead and get in line so that we could board the plane before everybody else. I remember it was so awesome getting to kind of walk by her family and be like, oh, I'm sorry, excuse me. I've got a, I got it. They're calling for my class of people now. Let me just, if you guys would just move to the side so I can go ahead and get onto the plane. I got to load into the plane, sit in those big leather chairs like a baller. Then I got to watch her family walk past me a little bit later. Oh, there you guys are again. You guys just go ahead and head on back to coach where you belong. So second class. They're going to close that curtain a little bit so we don't have to mess with you peons back there anymore. It's going to be great. I'm telling you, for high school Josh, this was an awesome moment. Now, I've since matured and that kind of stuff wouldn't be that impressive to me anymore. But at that time, it was, it was an amazing, amazing moment. Now, now, here's my point. When I fly with my dad, because I'm connected with my dad, because I'm associated with my dad, because I'm heading his way, and because I'm his son... There's some benefits I get to experience that I didn't, I didn't make a way for, he made a way for. And you know, it's important that I'm his son because there's a lot of people that, that are on the same flight. That other family was on the same flight as my dad, but they didn't get to experience those benefits because they weren't connected with my dad like I am. Listen, the same way, 
Jesus has made a way for you to experience some incredible benefits, some incredible upgrades. Jesus has made a way so that those problems in your life can be rolled away. And if you'll just connect with him and step into the family of God and associate yourself with him and go in his direction and let him lead the way, everything he has becomes everything you have and everything you have then is more than enough to deal with every problem you could face. Because of Easter, impossible obstacles can be rolled away. And I want you to know this morning that, that God wants to roll away your problems. He really does. He wants to roll away that obstacle that has you feeling stuck right now. He wants to roll away that addiction. He wants to roll away that sickness. He wants to roll away that, that anger. He wants to roll away whatever it is. And here's the good news. He already made a way so that he could. All you have to do is connect with him. And when you do, the same power that he has available becomes the power you get to walk in. When you connect with him, everything he has becomes everything you have. In fact, next week, uh, we're, we're going to start a new series that I'm really pumped about. It's going to be called From Here to There. And what we're going to do in this series is we're going to talk about how to get from where you are right now to where you want to be, from that place that you believe God has called you to, how to get there, how to partner with God on the road of life to get there. We're going to talk about how to arrive at the place of victory, how to arrive at the place of, of blessing, how to arrive at, at, at all these things, the freedom, all those things that God has for you. So make sure that you're back with us next week to, to check that out. Because of Easter, impossible obstacles can be rolled away. Here's the third thing. Because of Easter, even you are included. Because of Easter, even you are included. Back to our story, Mark 16. Look at verse five. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in white, in, right, in a white robe, sitting on the right side. This young man is actually an angel. And, and they were alarmed don't be alarmed, he said. You are looking for Jesus, of the Nazarene, who was crucified. I want you to say these next three words with me. He has risen. Jesus is alive. He's not here, the angel says. See the place where they laid him. Now look at verse 7. But go, tell his disciples, even Peter. The angel says, go and tell his disciples, even Peter. Now, Peter was a disciple, so so why is it that God goes out of his way to mention Peter by name? Well, here's why. If you know the story of Jesus, you know that Peter was the guy who denied Jesus three times during the crucifixion. Even though he said he wouldn't do it, he told Jesus he wouldn't do it, it's exactly what he did. And so now the good news message of Jesus being resurrected is, is, is on the scene. And this, this message means that Jesus was indeed the Son of God. And for somebody like Peter who has denied him, that good news message maybe won't feel so good. It just reminds him that he denied God, that, that in God's deepest moment of darkness, he wasn't there for him. Peter's probably feeling pretty rejected. He's probably feeling like this good news message really isn't for him. But God wanted him to know that it was for him. And that's why God called him by name. And here, here's what this means for you. Maybe you've messed up. Maybe you've made some mistakes in your life. In fact, I guarantee you, you have, because we all have. But there's nothing that you could have done, there's no sin you could have participated in that can stop the unstoppable love of God for you. And God is still calling you by name today. Because of Easter, because Jesus is alive, even you are included. And if that's you today and you feel like, well, you don't know me, you don't know what I've done, I've, I've, I've denied God. 
I've denied Jesus. Maybe you've even cursed Jesus. I want you to know, if you feel like you, you're disqualified from having a connection with God, it's because you feel like your works are what qualify you. And if that's where you are today, I want you to know, I got some really good news for you. You got it all wrong because your works don't qualify you and your works don't disqualify you. In fact, the Bible says it like this in Ephesians 2, 9, talking about salvation. It says, it's not by works so that no man can boast. Your salvation is not based on the good things you do and it's not based on the bad things that you do. It's based on what Jesus has done for you. It's based on his work, not your work. And your, your works, as bad as they may be, they don't stop the unstoppable love of God. I love this verse. This is Isaiah 118 in the Old Testament. And God's kind of talking about here what he's going to do, the work that he's going to do later on. He says, he says this. He says, come now, let's settle this, says the Lord. So this is God talking. And that word he uses there when he says settle, it actually means to settle an argument in a court of, of law determining what is right. Okay, so hang on to that. We're going to come back to that in just a minute. It goes on to say, though your sins are like scarlet, that just means that they're really bad. Though your sins are like scarlet, I will make them as white as snow. So in this verse, God is speaking to a change that's going to come. Something's going to happen and it's going to change everything. And even though your sins are like scarlet, they're going to be made as white as snow. And he says, we're going we're to settle this once and for all. So let, let's kind of play this out, knowing what we know now about Easter. Okay, I want you to imagine that your, your life is on trial. And, and in this trial, Jesus is your defense attorney, Satan is your prosecutor, and God is the judge. Okay, so imagine this with me. You're on trial, and Satan stands up, and he begins to make accusations against you. He begins to bring up all the wrongs you've done, all the sins you've participated in, all of the thoughts that you've had that were wrong, and, and, and he questions your motives, and he just goes on and on and on, making all these accusations against you, which by the way, that's exactly what he does. The Bible says that he's an accuser. He wants to bring accusations against you to make you feel like you're not good enough for God. And so he's doing this. He's bringing all this against you, and, and, and as he does this, you start to feel really, really bad because the reality is he ain't making this stuff up. Like you really did do that stuff. You really did think those thoughts. You really do, did participate in all those sins. And so after hours and hours of just beating you up with all of the mistakes of your life, Satan finally rests his case and he goes and he sits down with a big smile on his face looking at you. Well, in this moment, Jesus, your defense attorney, stands up and he walks up to the judge God and he says, God, I'd like to present some evidence on behalf of, of, of my, my son or daughter. And he begins to show his scars. He shows the scars in his wrists and in his feet from where he was nailed and he hung on the cross. He shows the scars on his back where he was brutally whipped with the cat of nine tails, almost to the point of death. He, he shows the scars on his forehead where the crown of thorns was placed on his head. He shows the, the scar in his side where the, where the spear was jabbed into him. He shows all this and he says, God, he says to his father, he says, Father, I, I, I want to ask you to release my brother or sister from these accusations because these sins, these mistakes have all been paid for. And so God looks at, he looks at his son, Jesus, and God looks at Satan, and then he looks at you, and he says, case dismissed. Though your sins were like scarlet, my son, Jesus, through the cross, has made you as white 
as snow. I want you to know this morning, you've been forgiven. God made a way so that you could be forgiven. And your mistakes, as bad as they may be, the work that you've done in the sin of your life is not as great as the work that Jesus did on your behalf. And so you need to quit accusing yourself. You need to quit feeling bad. God doesn't condemn you. Jesus doesn't condemn you. Satan can't condemn you. So stop condemning yourself. You are prime, prime target for the grace and the love that God has made available. Because of Jesus, even you are included. Because of Jesus, you can have a life-giving relationship with a living God. He wants to walk with you and talk with you and live life with you. Because of Jesus, those, those problems, those obstacles that you can't roll out of the way, they can be rolled out of the way through your association with Jesus Christ. So, how do we step into this? How do we step into this life-giving relationship? Okay, well, to, to help you understand that, I've got some good news and I've got some bad news for you, okay? The first piece of bad news, I'll give you the bad news first because you gotta, you gotta understand how bad it is before you can understand how good it really is, all right? So here's the first piece of bad news. We all have sinned, every one of us. The Bible says it like this in Romans 3, 23. It says, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. To, to sin means that you miss the mark. So if you've ever told a lie, if you've ever stolen something, if you've ever cheated, if you've ever looked lustfully, if you've ever done any of that, then you've sinned and we've all done it. And so because of that sin, you're, you're, you're disqualified. You've missed the mark of what God's called you to. So that's bad news. Well, it gets worse. The second piece of bad news you understand is that the penalty for sin that we've all participated in is death. Romans 6.23 says that the wages of sin is death. Wages, listen, wages are not something you're given for free. Wages are something that you earn. And so what, what this verse tells us is we've earned death because of the work we've done in sin. And we've all sinned, so we all deserve death. And when it talks about death, it's not talking about just dying someday physically. It's talking about death in every aspect of your life, in, in, including eternal death, separation from God in a place called hell. So that's some bad news, right? But there's some good news, and it's, it's really, really good news. And the good news for you today is that Jesus died for you. Romans 5 verse 8 says, God demonstrates, we read this earlier, his own love for us in this, while we were still sinners, Christ died for you. Jesus already made a way. He died for you. See, we deserved a wage of death, but Jesus came as your substitute and he took your wage. It was placed on him and he didn't deserve it. He didn't deserve it. He never sinned. But because he received a wage he doesn't deserve now, he can offer you something you don't deserve. He can offer you grace and forgiveness. And so here's, here's the second piece of good news for you. You can be saved through faith in Jesus Christ. Bible says it like this in Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. For it is by grace, grace means it's unmerited favor, it's undeserved favor, that you have been saved. That means delivered from the penalty of sin through faith. This is not of yourselves. It is a gift from God, not of works, so no man can boast. And so if you, if you can settle that in your heart and choose that and choose to, to walk in faith in the work that Jesus has done, you can receive all that Jesus made away. You can receive forgiveness of sin. All of your mistakes, all of your past can be wiped away and you can be what the Bible calls born again. You can receive a new spirit and begin to walk out a new life with Christ Jesus. So how do you do that? Well, Romans 10 verse nine says this. If you confess with your mouth, you gotta say it out of your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, 
you will be saved. Now understand, when, when, when we read that verse, it doesn't just mean that you just kind of flippantly say something and declare it, and then you just go about living your life any way you want to. No, to, to say that Jesus is Lord means that you say Jesus is the boss. And, and to believe that in your heart means you're going to live your life according to what you actually believe here. The idea here is, is surrender. Are you willing to surrender your life to Jesus, to surrender your ways to the ways of God? And let me just tell you, doing that is the best decision you could ever make because I want you to know God has a good life planned for you. God has big plans for you. He wants to bless you and help you. He's got a purpose for you in life and you can step into that if you'll simply choose God. So you have to make the decision. No longer am I gonna live for me. I'm gonna live for Jesus. I'm gonna live for God. And if you can make that decision, you can be saved. And if you want to make that decision, I'd love to help you pray and receive that right now. Maybe you're here today, we're watching this today, and, and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life. You've never been in church. You've never, you've never darkened the door of a church. You've never prayed a prayer and invited Jesus to be the Lord of your life. If that's you today, this is for you. Maybe you're here today, and, and at one point you were close to God, but you know you've drifted away, and you're not where you should be with the Lord. I want you to know this prayer is for you. Maybe for you, you, you've been a part of the church, but, but you've been kind of walking this out in this religious, ritualistic way. You don't know God, and you really want to come to know him today. Whatever the case may be, this prayer is for you. I'm going to pray a prayer right here where I am. And as when I pray this prayer, I want you to confess right where you are, and a miracle is going to take place. All of your mistakes, all of your sins, all of your past is going to be erased by the work of Jesus through the cross. And you're going to receive a brand new spirit. So if you would, I want you to pray this prayer with me. Say this. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me just the way that I am. I ask that you would forgive me of all my sins. I want to be a Christian. I want to be a follower of you. So come into my life. Be the Lord of my life. And I will follow you every day of my life. I give you my past. I give you my present. And I offer you my future. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message from New Song Church. If you have a prayer need or would like more information about New Song, you can email info at newsongpeople.com. If you would like to partner with New Song through giving, go to www.newsongpeople.com forward slash give. And if you want to stay connected to New Song, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching for New Song People.